Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Welcome to the Echo Podcast, where we talk about faith and life questions and issues that young adults are facing. And the more that I do this podcast, the more I realize that, man, everyone's dealing with these questions too. But we try to tackle them from um, the perspective of, well, I am a young adult too. So it helps that (laughs) um, I deal with a lot of the same questions that we ask on this show. Uh, And today I'm joined by two great guests here in the Carolina Conference. So um, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. And uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Okay. I'm Ryan Ashlock. I am an Adventist pastor, and um, I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. And Joe? My name is Joe Peretti. I'm a pastor in Raleigh, North Carolina. And Joe, thank you for making the trek all the way down here to oh, be yeah. on the show, man. It's fun. Um, three hours uh, three hours one way. Um, That's not bad. I appreciate it. Um, all <laughs> just for me. Um, no, this is cool. So just a quick kind of setting the tone for this one. Um, normally, our conversations are just that they're more conversationally oriented. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but we wanted to talk about tithing and kind of how money flows in the Adventist church, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. I think there's a lot of misinformation about it. So this may end up being a little bit more informational and educational versus conversational. I'm okay with that. Um, Joe literally has an iPad with with a graph on it, with a pie chart (laughs) on it. So um, he came prepared. I have a mug in front of me, so that's about as prepared as <laughs> I am. Um, but there's two Ryans, and there's only one Joe. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say we outnumber you. Uh, let's, uh, but let's let's jump right in. First of all, um, tithing in general. Where do you kind of stand on tithing? Opinions on it? That kind of thing. Where 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 do where do we sit? Well, you know, you did bring in two guests who are paid from tithe. That's true. Yep. So we, we just need to kind of own that, that, that we may be a little uh, definitely in favor of tithe, because it's how we earn our livelihood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least some sort of system of getting you... Yeah, yeah exactly. Getting your basic living expenses. Covered. If anything, our wives would be very adamant that yes, we say yes. yes this is true. <laughs> Fair. Um, and Joe, what about, um, what about you? Well, um, honestly, before... I became a pastor. I, I just believed in, in tithing. I seen the blessings in my personal mm-hmm. life. Um, it's, it's almost a way, it's, it's a way for me to challenge God because yep. he said, you know, try me, test me and I'll just open, yeah. pour out floodgates from heaven. So I said, sure, let's do that. And gotcha. Um, blessed. I think, um, I tend to have the, I'll probably have the most controversial take at this table. Um, I'm okay with it. I've, I've just learned to embrace that part of me. I think that tithing in a, is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think tithing specifically within pastoral denominational employment is odd. And here's why. This is just me being fully transparent and honest, but I get it. I fully understand it. Not a problem. Like I did it. So I was a full-time pastor. Definitely, um, definitely did it from that perspective as well. But there's something weird about your employer telling you that you must give 10% back when you get paid, right? There's something <laughs> weird about that. If you were to take out the uh, the whole church side of it, if you worked at like Taco Bell and they said, hey, at the every paycheck, you got to give 10% and they, you know, uh, you got to give 10% back to us. Um, there's something that feels, I get it, right? You're, you're pastoring members who you're also calling on to tithe and you need to lead by example. 
Um, and every Christian is is called to give to the church and give to the body. So it is it is you know you're a pastor, but you're a Christian first. So of course that mm-hmm. that call extends to you. It's just it feels icky, <laughs> like it just feels weird that that dynamic, and especially as I've connected with more and more people outside of the denomination through conversation, friendships, and and you know outreach, where you know it's just. It's weird. It's that idea so foreign that you would give your employer voluntarily ten percent of your of your pay back. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just interesting there. So, um, well, and on that topic, I actually have a pastor friend who believes it is wrong of him to pay tithe because he's the pastor who's receiving the mm-hmm. benefit from the tithe. Of course, I don't share that view. I don't, I, and I told him, I said, "Look, I don't want to miss out on the blessing of tithing. There, there's something wonderful about giving." Yeah. And, and I don't want to stop doing that. But he's like, no, I, sh- I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Well, and okay, so as we color this conversation, it's we, we need to recognize that we are specifically talking about the Seventh-day Adventist structure, which works very differently in regards to tithe and offering yes. than most other denominations. So let's be specific here in saying that, too. Um, the other thing I want to make clear here is um, our church structure, um, as we talk about this. So at the, at the local level, you have the local church. Then you have a conference which covers a state, or in the case of regional conferences, a, co- a, a few states, right? Then you have unions above that. When unions are, um, they cover like a whole, so we're in the Southern Union, which covers like Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, the Carolinas, and the Gulf states. So you have unions. Then you have divisions, which cover an entire continent. We're in the North America North American division. And then you have the General Conference, which is the world church um, body, basically. And so the tithe in Adventism flows up that structure. And that structure is, when I say up that structure, we are in a reverse power structure, too, mm-hmm. where we do believe and emphasize that the local church has, I mean, every every leader at the top is voted by the constituency mm-hmm. beneath it and is accountable. Every layer of church structure is accountable both to, to both organizations adjacent to it. Yeah. So the conference is accountable to the union and to the local churches in it. Um, in its constituency, right? So it, every every tier does that. Um, so just worth setting that out. So that that is how that that uh, our church structure works. So let's start with this. What's the difference between tithe and offering within Adventism? Well, when it comes to, to tithing within our church structure, um, it's, or actually I'll just go with the biblical one. Uh, the way that I, I, I've learned it is that you don't pay your tithe, you return the tithe because it's the part that everything belonged to God all 100%, but he's just asking for the 10. So it's more of that test of, do you trust me? Uh, and it comes down to just you know, the fancy word stewardship. You know, God has make you made you responsible for this. And he's giving you this whole entire salary because, you know, for, for some he's given the skill, for some the aptitude to do scholastics, whatever it may be. Um, so this is a way for me to return it. Now, offering, it's, for me, it's, that's, that's what I give out of self-sacrifice, where it just wasn't enough to return this one portion to God. Now, now I want to, uh, if I can use the word, bless God. Now I want to just bring and, and lavish God for how awesome he's been for me. Uh, and it's, it's remarkable that I've seen personally, the more I give, the more the blessing mm-hmm. it is, uh, specifically for my churches, you know, uh, giving to my churches, I've seen how God has blessed the church because either 
you know, one, it wasn't there before. So now we can do different things for the, for the church. And I'm seeing how my charity is helping, you know, this, this congregation flourish. Uh, so there's small things like that, that just, it's a blessing, you know, so not necessarily towards God, but also to my fellow members, to the kids mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. Yeah. Um, no, that's big. And I, and I have heard the criticism of returning the Lord, you know, tithe. Um, people are like, well, the, why does God need my money? He's God. And I would say that if that I think a God works within the culture of man mm-hmm. and works within the systems that man has set up in order to work w- alongside his creation. And so that's number one. But number two is without money, it would actually require him, I think, overriding the free will of people in order to accomplish things, right? If, if, if I can pay you to do something, and that convinces you in the change of currency that we've exchanged as a social contract, that's one thing. But if God literally has to just go into your mind and change your mind to get you to work with me, then that's overriding free will. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I think that there are two reasons there that I think God chooses to use the money that, that, that we do, that we are given for the work, regardless of whether that's in ministry or out of ministry. So I think that's a, that's a good point. So uh, Ryan, anything to add? Difference between tithe and offering. Yeah, so the tithe and the offering are used very differently within the Adventist system. And and a lot of people, even who have been Adventists for a number of years, don't realize this. Mm-hmm. So tithe is returned at the local church level, but none of it stays at the local church. Mm-hmm. All of that is sent up the chain All to the conference. It. Every bit of it. Not even a penny of the tithe money is retained at the local church. So any ministry—well, okay, let me back up. The pastor is paid by the conference— so that tithe money, some of it comes back, so to speak, in terms of a salary for the pastor at the church. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of the money is going to support conference projects and missions and, and administrative structures and programs and things that might not directly impact the local church on a daily basis. If that church needs funds for its local operation and ministries, that money has to be given above and beyond tithe by the members, and we call that offering. Mm. So if a person is in an Adventist church and is only returning tithe, they are hardly supporting ministry at the local church. Hmm. And if that church is going to carry on any kind of meaningful ministry to its community, it relies on its members to give offering above and beyond tithe. Yeah. So within within the Adventist system, you're actually looking at a giving that's more along the lines of maybe 15 to 20 percent between tithe at 10% and then whatever you give at the local level to support local mission and, and local work. And I think that the, the biblical framework from that comes definitely from the early Church of Acts, where they were freely giving of more and selling excess that they had in order to support mm-hmm. other people in the church and the work in the body. Mm-hmm. So there, there's definitely biblical uh, biblical support for that, but offering was something that was optional. It was something that was deemed as a, like, you you give what you are compelled and, and feel um, feel kind of convicted to give on the offering side of things. But yeah, you're right. Offering stays local. And if people don't realize that, then yeah, you're giving in time. I'm giving so much money. Where's that going? Well, part of it, honestly, the bigger churches end up supporting the smaller churches. Yes. I don't think I could have been a pastor of two small churches had it not been for bigger churches that that subsidize, so to speak, the, the, the meager tie that a small church may be able to return. So that money does get spread out and pays for, um, goes towards everything around the world, really. Um, so yeah, big thing there. Um, now I, I know that that's also very, um, uh, surprising for some people because you would think, you know, normal, uh, uh or, or not, I don't want to say normal, 
other denominations, the majority of the denominations, the salary, the past, everything stays in the local church. But the fact that we're sending the tithe to a bigger entity, a, a larger body, really allows for the ministry to be pretty much even. Uh, and just to be transparent, because that's how I am, uh, Ryan and myself, we make the same salary, even though I believe you only have one church in the church plant. Right. I have two churches and two church plants. So yeah. we're still, we still make it, it, or even if you're pastoring the largest church in the conference, you're not getting more than I am. We're all equal. Yeah. And that also allows for the small churches that I have because yeah. I have all the four churches are small. I can still do yeah. ministry and they can still yeah. have a, I want to say a quality pastor. I know even if I leave, they still have a quality pastor. It's not just some, oh, here's a, you know, kind of yeah. bivocational pastor kind of thing. Yeah. And a, and a clarification there too, there is a pay scale, right? There oh, is yeah. a ladder based on experience and, and years served, um, but everyone maxes out at the same thing. And there are pastors that subsidize that by adjunct professoring or teaching and uh, writing writing books, maybe things like that for sure. But yes, as far as what comes directly from tithe dollars, we're equal. And I think that adds a layer of accountability because your biggest donor now has to go through the conference to take up any issue with you, mm-hmm. right? Um, to get, you know, if if in a system where everything stays local, you're basically at the mercy of your biggest givers as a pastor. You tick them off, you lose your pay. Um, and so, and I think that has colored a lot of preaching and, and pastoring, not all of it in non-denominational areas or other denominations, but it, it has affected things. And it certainly affects us now. I think the conference would call, if I was pastoring, I think the conference would call me if suddenly my tithe dropped from my church significantly and they found out it was because, yeah, I'm, some members were ticked at me for something I said or something I did that they didn't like. Um, I think there's still the risk of being in the pocket, so to speak, but there's an extra layer of accountability and understanding and protection Mm -hmm. to allow the pastor to do the work of ministry that they're called to do. So, yeah, I think that's a a, a great point. So, um, the, how do I see return on investment for tithe? Because if tithe is going to the world church, like I'm not seeing that. Whereas if I give locally, I'm seeing that. And (laughs) for my generation, return on tithe is huge. Like we, our return on investment is huge. We want to see where the money's going. We, that's why a lot of things that we give to now tend to be kind of viral stuff. We can see the impact of things now. So what, um, yeah, how do, how can ad, how can any random, I almost said random Joe, but you're a Joe, uh, random Adventist, um, you know, see the return on their investment in the church. So I think part of it, and I definitely resonate with this desire to see the immediate tangible return on investment right in front of me. And and I think part of that is driving some change in the church, that um, I, I think there's greater transparency with how tithe is being used. There are also some initiatives recently to—here um, in North America, for instance— um, more of the tithe money given in North America goes to support the worldwide church than anywhere else in the world. I mean, North America has always been the the biggest giver to the worldwide budget. And that actually percentage is decreasing um, because more people in North America are, are saying, we've been supporting the world all this time, and, and we want some tangible stuff we can see right at home. So, and I think some of that's good. But also, we need to have this mentality that by giving, we're giving to God, we're giving to His work, and we don't have to see it right in front of us necessarily. Mm-hmm. 
there is an incredible mission structure around the world that would be impossible without faithful tithe giving. And, And most churches that don't have this kind of structure are not able to support the number of missionaries and programs that are going on around the world. So that's that's a pretty yeah. incredible thing. No, I agree. I also think um, we do a great job in publications of telling stories of, of evangelism and, and, and missionary activity and, and outreach activity that happens around the world and plugging into the different Adventist, like Adventist Mission or even Adventist News Network and even places like Spectrum or A Today or Adventist Review. All of those do end up highlighting a lot of stories of... Um, of um, great mission work that's happening as a result of tithe dollars and understanding that. And I think the other side of that is understanding that you don't, like, you should be doing good regardless of uh, of you seeing the results of it. I think um, one of the biggest criticisms on Christians is that um, people always question their motives because they think there's a selfish reason for them doing good, which is to earn favor with God or whatever. And so there are people that say, like, again, yeah, I love atheists because I know that they're just being good because they're not getting, and they're not getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a valid criticism against a lot of Christians. It's been a valid criticism against me before, and I'm sure it will be again. Um, there are seasons of life where I am a little bit weaker in my faith in that, in that regard. Um, and, and so I think, you know, one of my, my church just did a blood drive and about 31 of us, um, donated that the, the, that does, if you've never given blood or don't know, 31 sounds like a small number. That's a very, they were expecting like 12. Mm-hmm. So we almost tripled their expectation, and they had to call in an extra staff member, and like it was really cool to see happen. Thirty-one people gave blood. We'll never probably meet. I mean, if we meet the people who benefit from that, we'll never know. Um, we saved over ninety lives with that blood, but once again, we won't show because we won't never meet those people or see them. We should never. We shouldn't give. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't save lives. So there's this idea of you don't need return on investment in order to do good. You should just do good for goodness sake. <laughs> um, so I, 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 that would be what I add there. Um, so what about, here's the big thing. If Adventism is doing things I don't agree with, <laughs> uh, you know, and my, but my local church is doing something I support. Is it, is it okay for me to tithe as offering? Is it okay to, um, you know, like, what do you do when you're disagreeing with some certain things that are happening in one area of the church? And so you don't want your any you know you don't want any of your money going to support whether it's leaders that you disagree with or mission, ministries that you don't think should exist or whatever, um, you know what what do you, what do I do in that kind of situation and, and in that tension? Well, I think going back to one of the points that we mentioned is the ramification of your giving not for just your church but also the more unfortunate churches, the smaller churches, and the you know that might mm-hmm. not have enough. Uh, to divert uh, your tithe in that way would, yeah, sure, you can say, oh, I'm getting back at the whatever entity it is that I'm upset with. But you also have to think about what about, you know, little white church out in the prairie kind of thing. <laughs> you know, what happens to them? You know, they're they're pretty, you know, let's just say there's probably churches like that that literally depend uh, you know, the salary for their pastor, almost like 99% of the salary of the pastor, they can't even afford. So to divert will be to affect whatever ministry is happening in that one local area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's one of the reasons why I, I'm really strong against diverting because of, you know, sticking it to whoever yeah. you want to, you know, it is. You're also affecting people that have no yeah. say or power or influence into whatever the situation may be. Um, 
and like every uh, I, I believe in protest uh, but as I say there's there's right ways of doing it and there's also bad ways of doing it yeah. and I think that um, diverting your your money uh, may not be the most effective also because as a church we have agreed that okay this is the best way that we have mm-hmm. to be able to yeah minister to the whole entire world uh, so unless you know we change the, the 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 system itself uh just being rebellious is not going to help you know it's 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 only going to hurt people that are unfortunate that actually need your help at that very moment yeah i think um and most of the time we're mad about something that takes a very very small percentage if you play this as a percentage game right i'm mad about this issue that uses three percent of tithe yeah <laughs> um so i'm going to withhold 100 percent of my tithe and affect the other 90 percent or you know 97 percent um of the world church's budget just because i want to you know spite this three percent the other thing you're doing as well is it, let's say you disagree with a leader in the church and you don't want any of your money going to pay them well now you're also hurting the people that agree with you <laughs> in yeah. order to because you have a bone to pick with the people you disagree with and so i do believe it does cause more harm than good for sure now if the adventist church was doing something absolutely heinous and you know um terrible different conversation and i do believe you hold the church accountable um, and that's why our system is the way it is yes. with the local church being able to hold accountable, um, you know, uh, and constituents being able to hold accountable organizations Absolutely. above them. So I think that's huge. Um, so I, I would say, um, as much as you can to support the work of the Adventist church, because it's supporting all of us and it helps it, 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 it helps everyone. And I say that as someone who's not currently being paid from tithe dollars, um, and I say that as a pastor who openly told his members at one point, if you need a Sabbath to rest, like, don't come to church. <laughs> and I say that as someone who kind of relies on you guys showing up to have a job. <laughs> so um, I'm very much willing to give advice at my own um, at my own detriment, basically. But it is something where I say, you know, it is important to give and to support the world church. And I think if, if we can look for every excuse to do that, we should be doing that. <laughs> That's where I sit. Um, so, yeah. Any final thoughts from either of you here? It's an incredible blessing to be able to give, and I, I think sometimes we think about the minimum amount to give. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I have to give 10%, and then I probably should give an offering. Maybe I'll do 11% altogether. You know, and that's the wrong way of looking at it. When we begin to count the blessings that we've received, and when we look at God, who gives to the point that he's got nothing left to give, because he gives his very best... I mean, th- th- this is the example of giving that we have. Jesus comes to the cross and he gives everything. So 10% is nothing. I mean, giving is part of the very character of God. Mm-hmm. And, and to be like him, to have the very best life, is to be a giver, to be an extravagant giver. Mm-hmm. And it's something we struggle with because we're all selfish. Um, but that, that's what I aspire yep. to, is to be an extravagant giver. Awesome. I think that's a great place um, to kind of end. And the only thing I, I think I would add there is um, just because you give, whether it's financially or of your time and energy and skill and talent, doesn't mean that you that we don't deserve to be, you know, not necessarily recognized or acknowledged, but disrespected mm-hmm. um, and just expected to give without us honoring people for what they've what they've given. And so um, there's a balance to strike there. And I just want to say that because I know sometimes it can come across that we're just asking people to give, 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 but we don't ever 
acknowledge or say thank you or anything. So um, I'm sitting here with two pastors and a room full of and a team full of people that are very grateful for those of you that give. Um, I'm grateful for those of you that give as well. Um, and so um, we hope this was educational for you. We hope that you learned something maybe you didn't know before, or maybe re you know re reinforce something that you may have not understood fully. But um, we hope this was a helpful conversation for you. So thank you, Joe. Thank you, Ryan, for being on. And if you want more Echo content, more uh, young adult-oriented content from the Carolina Conference, head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thank you guys for being on this journey with us. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.